listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to talk about three quote-unquote dumb decisions that I am glad that I made. And I put that in quotes because it's not that they were dumb decisions. It's just that if you were an onlooker um, or if you were just operating by the flesh, you may think that the decisions were quote-unquote dumb when they actually were not dumb. They were actually uh, wise decisions because they were led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to explain that to you today because I know it applies to everybody that's watching and listening that sometimes what the Lord asks you to do or what it seems like, um, you know, that you're doing in that moment seems like it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Um, you know, I want to, I want to explain to you scripturally why it's so vital that you do this type of thing in your own life, that you make decisions based upon what the spirit of God says and not what your flesh says or what looks wise in the natural realm. So I'm going to go through three decisions I made in my life today that maybe at the moment they didn't make sense. They looked like they were insane, but I am very glad that I made these decisions. And today on this launch weekend, I'm more glad than I've ever been in my life that I made these decisions. So first I want to uh, read with you Um, from the book of Isaiah, and it's Isaiah chapter 55. Now, I'm going to quote to you, hey, Caitlin, I'm going to quote to you um, Romans chapter 8, because that'll be our, 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 really our text, and we're excited to see you, TJ and Carrie. Um, Romans chapter 8, let me, let me read this to you. The Bible says in the 14th verse of Romans chapter eight, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God, right? So let me say that again. All who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. And so the children of God, without question, should be led by the spirit of God. Now, let me just say this because uh, Jess Burton just popped up in the comments. And so let me uh, use Jess Burton and Jared, um, or as Jenna calls him, Gerard. uh, Let me use them as an example on this broadcast this morning. Uh, As many as are what? Led by the Spirit of God. They're the sons of God. You know, we, we had gotten a word from the Holy Ghost, Carolyn and I, to launch Miracle Word Church, right? So this was like beginning of last year. We get a word from the Holy Ghost to launch this church in West Palm Beach, which of course, even the, even the city that he told us to go to didn't even make much sense to us because we had never really done much of anything in that city, even through 15 years of our uh, evangelistic ministry. And so it didn't make much sense to us like that, but um, we felt to do it. Well, we hadn't told anybody. That was the thing. We had not told anybody what we were doing yet. We had not made any plans. We had not made any major announcements. Glenn and Denise, we can't wait to see you. Very excited. People are driving and traveling and coming into the area. So I'm excited to see everybody. Uh, So we've not told anybody. There were no plans made public yet, 
But then watch this. At the same time that the Lord is speaking to Carolyn and I to launch this church, the Lord is speaking to uh, Jess and Jared to move from where they were at in Ohio and move down to West Palm Beach. And, um, you know, it's very funny because it's like, man, it seems like a, 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 and it is, you know, it's a life change. It's a life move. And um, they were uh, connected with our ministry already, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we're making this move to Florida. You know, we kind of don't know why or what's up with it. And and it's funny because when Carol and I heard that, they're like, are you serious? They're moving to the West Palm Beach area of Florida. And it's like, they really don't fully know why. Uh, Throw a hand up, Jess, in the comments if I'm telling the truth. And and then I was like, we got to call them. You know, they're making a life move. They're making a life change. We've got to call them and let them know what the spirit of God is saying. Because, you know, if you're willing to sell your house and, uh, you know, move your, 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 all your stuff and move your family and come all the way down and you're like, man, I'm just being led by the spirit. Uh, it is helpful (laughs) to know why you're making those decisions. Right. And so I said, Carolyn, we got to call Jess and Jared. We got to let them know uh, what's, why the Lord is speaking to them like this and part of what's happening. And so I remember we, Carolyn and I got in the car and we got, um, Jess and Jared on the phone. They're like, man, we got to talk to you and let you know, you know, the other side of the story. And, um, and, uh, and so, uh, when we told them, you know, Jess was like, I knew it. I knew something was up. And she was like, they were just both laughing about it. Um, and, and just tell, put in the, in the comments, the other side, cause you had already felt in your spirit, uh, that something was up and you guys knew that you were supposed to, to move to that area and knew you were supposed to come. And may, maybe it didn't make sense to your natural mind, but, and then we told them and they're like, I didn't, we didn't sleep the whole, the whole night after you told us we had such an excitement in our spirit. Yes. The same way we had an excitement in our spirit about what God was doing. But they, they just had this knowing, they had this feeling in their spirit. Well, in the natural, it's like, you know, why, uh, why, are, why, Lord, are you telling me to do this thing? You know, why, Lord, are you giving me uh, this, this instruction that seems like it doesn't even really make sense to my natural mind, right? And in the natural, you look at it and you're like, why, well, why would I do that? You know, why would I go that direction? Why would I make this move? Why would I, why would I, uh, why would I do it? And, and sometimes, uh, people talk themselves out of what the Lord is leading them to do, which brings them into victory because of the fact that our natural minds, if not renewed, can actually work against the spiritual realm, our flesh, our mind. If, if our mind's not renewed, if our flesh is not subdued, right, we can actually work against what the spirit of God is asking us to do and his plan for our lives. And so the reason I I say that Isaiah 55, it's so important to be led by the spirit because the Lord has things prepared for us with a wisdom that is far beyond our natural wisdom. And uh, let me read to you Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine. Listen to this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So 
I want you to hear that when we're led by the spirit, we're being led by the Holy Ghost who his thoughts are far above our thoughts, his ways far above our ways. And so we can do it our own way if we want to, but we'd be responsible with our limited wisdom and our limited knowledge to take care of our own lives. But when you do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, he's leading you by a wisdom that far surpasses human wisdom. He's leading you by a a wisdom that far surpasses anything you could. I mean, if you spent three lifetimes gaining wisdom in the natural, it doesn't even come close to the divine wisdom that God has as an omniscient being. And so it's so important that we're led by the Holy Ghost. Well, why? Because the Lord has, uh, as the Bible calls them, secrets that belong to him. Amen. And I want you to write this in the comments today. And by the way, share it if you're jumping on. Put this in the comments. The Lord has secrets for me. Put that in the comments. The Lord has secrets for me. You know, when you have a close relationship with a friend, they'll give you secrets. You'll know things that he, about each other that other people don't know. You'll share things with someone that's close to you that you may not share with other people. They're secrets. And the Lord has secrets for you. Amen. Look, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. And so the Lord has secret things reserved for himself, but then there are things that he reveals. There are things that he reveals. And unless he reveals them, we have no access to them. You know, it made me think about Job in the Bible. And Job was so blessed that he was the richest man in the East, the Bible says. And people, I'm sure, wonder how did he get to the place Uh, where he was so blessed, even before his, the attack came upon his life. How did he get to the place where he was so blessed? Well, in the 29th chapter of Job and the uh, fourth verse, actually I'll read you verses two through four. He says something that is revealing, very revealing. This is what he says. Oh, that I were as in the months of old, verse two, this is Job 29, two. Oh, that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in my prime, look at this, when the friendship of God was upon my tent. Did you know that in the King James that this says, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. So, so look at that. What does that mean here? Oh, that I were in the days of my youth when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle in the ESV, when the friendship of God was upon my tent. What does that mean? Well, obviously when you have a relationship with the most high God, he can reveal things to you, show you things that nobody else has access to. Nobody else. We have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. In fact, 
John the apostle wrote that we don't have a need that any man should teach us for the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. So when you have access to the Holy Spirit, you have a divine advantage in this life. That's why I always encourage people, don't say that you can't do things or you don't know how to do things or, you know, I'm not good at that and I can't figure that out and I, I would never understand how to use, you guys are all so good with those computer programs and I just don't know computers and, you know, people talk like that. I hear people talk like that, that are Christians and they're Holy Ghost filled Christians. And uh, you, you probably remember me telling the story when I rebuked that youth pastor years ago. And uh, I was going to preach at his youth conference. And when I got there, I had created all these things in Photoshop as handouts for the students that were in the meeting. And when he looked at them, he was like, man, these are great. You know, I really wish I could do things like this, Brother Ted. He said, but I just, you know, I'm not good at computers and uh, all that stuff. And I can't figure out programs. And I said, oh, I thought you were filled with the Holy Ghost. And it kind of like shook him. And he was like, yeah, no, he's like, no, I am. I'm filled, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, then stop saying you can't do things. Stop saying you can't figure things out. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the apostle said that he teaches you all things. He teaches you all things. And, and it's important to know that because, you know, even myself, yes, I was doing those things, but nobody, I didn't take any classes or courses for that knowledge. I didn't go to school for that. That wasn't a course I've ever taken. I, I have no training, official training in that area. You know, all the things that I've done throughout my, my life and early ministry. I had no official training, formal training for that stuff. No one ever taught me how to build websites or edit, edit video or, or, uh, or, or do uh, graphics or any of those things that I did when I was on staff at the church. I, no one ever taught me those things in a formal classroom. I never learned it that way. And this was before YouTube, by the way. YouTube wasn't even a thing until 2006. This was before YouTube. So it's not, not that I was able to watch a bunch of tutorials either, which now we have that access. But it was because the Holy Spirit would anoint my mind. People would be surprised to find out. I've never had any uh, music lessons or music training I've never been to school for music. I've never taken uh, formal music classes in that way. It's just the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. He just teaches us. If we're faithful, you know, we can do what the Bible says. And, in, you know, in the context Paul was using it, uh, he said that we have to be people that study to show ourselves approved. And of course, with, with what he was talking to Timothy, he was talking about studying the word so that he could rightly interpret or properly interpret the Bible. But in anything you do according to scripture and according to the apostles, we were created for God. We were created for him. So your gifts and your talents are for him. You're created by him and for him. So if you're created for him and everything we do, we do it as unto the Lord, right? Then I should be able to trust God that as I'm doing what I'm called to do, he will teach me how to do what I'm called to do. He will enlighten my mind. And that's what the Lord's done for me. I promise you this, that I've given myself to my purpose and the Lord, it's been the Lord that has taken me in that direction. So when I was looking back through my life, I'm like, man, I am so glad 
that I relied on the Holy Spirit and made these decisions that looked in the moment like they were dumb decisions, but I am so glad I made the decisions. So let, let me walk you through them and talk to you about them a little bit as we go through, because it applies to your life. You're making, people are making decisions. <clears throat> I'm sure people may have spoken to uh, Jess, Jessica and Jared about what decision they were making. You're just going to pick up and leave everything and go to Florida for what reason, for what purpose? You know, uh, we have Mike and, and Caitlin Laval that are, that are here from Massachusetts and uh, sold what they had, got in their car and drove all the way down to live in this area, to be a part of the church. I'm sure that there were people that said to them, you're going to do that. You're going to sell everything. You're going to move down there for what? For what purpose? Like, you really think that's a smart thing to do? You got, you got young kids and you think that's a smart thing to do? I'm sure there were people that said that to them. I'm sure there were people that, uh, that tried to discourage them from making the move that the Lord spoke to them to make. I'm sure there were, you know, it's like, uh, when one of, one of our, um, our, our team members, Zach and Heather, when they started working with us and stuff, there was somebody from the church that showed up to talk to them in the parking lot and said, you're making a big mistake going to work with ministry. You're, you're making a big mistake. It's going to cause your whole family to fail. I mean, like imagine su- saying that to somebody, uh, it, unsolicited in like a parking lot somewhere. I can't imagine walking up to somebody and be like, Hey, heard you just took this job. Can't, can't imagine that, that you do that. What a dumb move. It's going to ruin your whole family. I can't imagine, uh, un- giving unsolicited, uh, criticism like that to somebody. And even, especially knowing that, uh, we're both Christians and we're both, uh, faith people. Of course, I guess the other person is not a faith person, but, uh, you know, I can't imagine doing that, but somebody did that to try to discourage the leading of the spirit. Good morning, Luenda, and thank you uh, for blessing the team very much. We love you. Thank you. It's always, almost always other Christians. That's right, Jess Burton. And Pastor Stan Pody knows what I'm talking about. The moment you step out by faith, there's always somebody that shows up that tries to tell you how dumb that is. And that's not going to work, brother. And I'm, I'm just telling you, you need to be very careful. And I don't think it's, I think it's going to, it's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so when you make decisions that are led by the spirit, then you have to be uh, cautious not to allow people with a spirit of doubt and unbelief to make you feel like, oh, you're, you're dumb for doing that. No, the greatest thing you can do is obey the voice of the Holy Ghost. Um, Gene said, We did that last year from Albuquerque and just found out about Miracle Word Church two months ago. Praise God. Praise God. I'm telling you, and that's that's what God does. He'll give you words. And Ben Fole said, surrendering to your purpose is so key. That is so right. Ben, you couldn't be any more right. You have, and that's a great word, surrender. Because it's not your plan, it's God's plan. And so we yield ourselves. We surrender ourselves to the plan of God. And that's what I was thinking about this morning. I was like, man, I look back over my life and in the moment, you know, it's funny. Like when you, um, you know, it's, it's funny when you dump a puzzle out onto the ground, Teddy just did a 100 piece puzzle. You know, he's like six years old. He just did a 100 piece puzzle. Um, and, uh, when you dump all those pieces on the ground initially, it looks 
insane. Like it looks like it doesn't go. You know, it looks it just looks like a mess is all it looks like. Until they all come into place, you're like, oh, I see exactly, you know, what that was and what that was. Oh, that that piece that was you know, painted or printed onto that, but that was part of that, you know, whatever, Iron Man's shield, or that was part of Spider-Man's outfit, whatever. And then it makes sense, but it's not, it doesn't make sense when it's dumped onto the floor looking like a jumble. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it makes sense then. It's like Denise said, Christians told Glenn not to start his own business 27 years ago, and now his business been a massive blessing to their family. Of course. It's funny how there's people that you're getting these puzzle pieces from the Lord, right? And he knows how they move together. He knows how they connect, but then there's people that can't see it. They don't have the vision to see that. And they're like, I don't know, man. I think you're making a big mistake. Pastor Stan said, when you carry a spirit of faith, it bothers those people who don't. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It bothers them that you're operating by a spirit of faith. And Pastor Stan's exactly right. So I'm looking back over my life and I'm thinking to myself, man, I am so glad I did what the Holy Ghost said. I'm so glad I did what the Holy Ghost said. And let me break and say this, because Jessica said some people think God talks to them more about you than he talks to you. And I think that's hilarious, because that's true. It's like, what do you think, that I'm making all these life decisions and the Holy Spirit's not speaking to me about my own life and my own family? I mean, do you honestly think he's going to go tell some deacon more about me than he's telling me in my prayer time? telling me, I mean, come on, that God doesn't operate like that. And he does, as my father's preached for years, he doesn't have an unlisted phone number. He can speak to you for yourself. You can speak to him for yourself. Amen. And so it's just, it's insane to me. There's people that tell you you're crazy for obeying God's word. But let me tell you something. You're not crazy. It's the greatest wisdom you could ever use. Now I, I go back to the beginning when I was a teenager and, and let me tell you a couple of things that happened really fast. I shared this with you uh, a couple of days ago, but you know, I know my counselor in high school thought I was nuts. I covered that a couple of days ago. She thought I was out of my mind because I didn't apply to a bunch of colleges. I didn't have a fallback plan. I didn't have uh, all, all these other plan B, C, D, E. I, I didn't have all that. I said, I'm just doing this one college. Interestingly, when I applied to one college, it was not the college that I eventually attended, but uh, even making that choice or that change, people think, well, it's not that big of a deal to just say, well, I'm not going to go to that college. I'm going to go to this. But for me, it was because uh, when I look back through my family history, both my grandfather, first of all, as you know, my entire family's in the ministry right? All of my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, you know, my grandmother and grandfather, my father, mother, everybody is in full-time ministry. I go back to the beginning when it all started and my grandfather and grandmother attended this Bible school, Holy Ghost Bible school. And then after that, all of their sons, my father and my uncles all attended this Bible school, right? And my mother attended this Bible school and others, uh, that, that, uh, are in my family attended this Bible. Then their children. So the oldest cousin, uh, in the Shuttlesworth family is my cousin, Jonathan. Jonathan went to that Bible school, right? And then his sister, Jessica went to that Bible school. And then it was time for me, uh, to get ready to, to do this. And, uh, that was what our family did. This is the place we've trained for ministry for generations now.
And it was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I just had this in my spirit. Like, yeah, that's where I'm going to Bible school. That's what I'm going to do. And then in prayer at the, almost the last minute, because it was the end of my senior year before the summer, the Lord switched it on me. And by a leading of his spirit, changed the plan. And so, uh, you know, it didn't look, you know, it didn't look normal because it's like, really, you're going to, you're going to make that big change and go to a place. No one in the family's ever gone that, that no one's ever done. You know, our family's never done that. You're going to do that, make that change. And it looks like you're breaking tradition, but let me tell you something about tradition. And this, you'll learn this from scripture that tradition, and I want you to write it in your notes, write it in the comments. Tradition cancels God's transaction. Put that in the comments because I'm going to explain to you what I mean by it. Tradition cancels God's transaction. Oh, this is what our family's always done. It's where we've always gone. It's how we've always been. Don't, don't just do something because it's what the family's always done, where we've always gone, what we've always been. Don't do that. Tradition cancels God's transaction. Pop it in the comments. And let me read this to you because um, this happened for Isaac, Abraham's son, because the Lord spoke to him. The Lord spoke to him. And he said, uh, in the time when there was a famine in the land, Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and the Lord appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you. This is Genesis 26. Sojourn in this land and I will be with you and I'll bless you for to you and your offspring I'll give all these lands and I'll establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I'll multiply your offspring. Right? As the stars of heaven give your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. So Isaac settled in Gerar. It's very interesting. You go down to the 12th verse and he sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold in the time of a famine. That's insane. But notice he was saying, God was saying to him, go, don't go down to Egypt like your father did. Don't do what your father did. And so what happened? Isaac could have operated by tradition, but he didn't because tradition would have canceled God's transaction. So he didn't do it. And sometimes it looks like, well, why are you doing that? Family's never done that. And then there's, there's such, let me tell you this. There's such, um, pressure sometimes from your family. Um, Ben Fole, if you're still on, what's that phrase that you said people use even in the Midwest? Uh, that people are trying to go beyond where their family's at. Uh, if you're still on, put that in the comments for me. Cause I remember we talked about that one time and there's a phrase that you had mentioned where people feel like, uh, people can get offended in your family. It's like, Oh, here, here comes so-and-so and you're going to go beyond, you know, what the family, you know, I can't remember exactly how you worded it, Ben, but put it in for me because it's like now your family's offended <clears throat> because you won't do what everybody else in the family don't, oh yeah, don't get above your raisin. How come you're getting above your raisin? What you, you're going to get above your, so they think, oh, here he comes, thinks he's better than the family, going to go do stuff the family's never done, going to go have what the family's never had. And there's a pressure on that. There, there's a pressure on that. Don't get above your raisin. 
So what does that mean? That we have to always do the same thing we've always done? And, and so there's a pressure even from family sometimes. Don't, don't do something different than, we, than the rest of us have done. You know, this is what, you know, this is what the Fole family does. This is what the Shuttlesworth family does. This is what the Wilson family does. This is what the Martinez family does. And so sometimes tradition cancels God's transaction. As God's wanting to do something different with you, and then you step out by faith to do it, and people get mad about it. And people start getting bent out of shape because you're just being led by the Spirit. And you're just doing what the Lord's asked you to do. And so for me, it was like, really? And probably it was more in, in my mind because, you know, it's not that my family was putting pressure on me, but it was in my mind. This is where my grandparents went. This is where my, my dad and my mom went. This is where my uncles went. This is where my cousins are. You know, like, wh- why would I not do what the family's done that's in the ministry, right? But the Lord spoke to me clearly, go to Ramah. Go sit under Brother Hagin. Go to Ramah. Oh, I'm glad I did. I am glad I did. Hey, Brother Rambler. I am so glad that I obeyed the Holy Ghost to go to Tulsa and get to sit in the services and the classes before Brother Hagin passed away. Because he was, I was in the last class that was able to have him as a teacher in person in those classrooms and got to have Brother Hagin lay hands on me and got to sit under his teaching in person, got to be in those services. I'll tell you one night, power of God hit during winter Bible seminar in February. And I mean, the Holy Ghost hit me so hard in a service that I could not even speak in English for hours after the meeting. Tried to, and I couldn't. There was an impartation that happened that night that I'm telling you changed me forever. It stays with me as much today as it ever has. I'll be in services and feel that impartation. Uh, It's like it turns on. I'll feel it. I'll sense it begin to work. And it's like something hit me. And he didn't even lay hands on me that night. Didn't even come to my side of the auditorium that night. But the Holy Ghost hit me on a Tuesday night of a winter Bible seminar. Knocked me on the floor. I was up under a pew. Nobody laid hands on me. It was just the power of God hit me. An impartation. I had such an expectancy to receive a spiritual gift. Well, and this, this is, this is part of this same decision. I'm glad I made, but, uh, it came time where they asked me, uh, to travel with brother Hagen on the road in the Rama singers and band. I was a keyboard player and the organist for, um, the, uh, prayer and healing school. I was the organist for Rama Bible church and, uh, played for pastor Hagen. And, uh, I played in the prayer and healing school for them and loved doing it. And it came to come, coming to the end and it was between me and a, a buddy of mine. We were the last two and they said, well, we've done the, um, you know, we've done the tryouts and the auditions and we've looked at all the stuff and look, whatever. Now let's pray about it. Well, I go home. Think about this. I'm, I'm with, I'm at brother Hagen's school and they're asking me now to, to travel with brother Hagen. And, um, I'm back at my house and I'm praying about it and praying about it. And as more I'm praying about it, I keep getting a No, this is not for you. I was like, I'm thinking, are you serious? This is a great honor. As Fernando said in the comments, this is a great honor to be able to not only sit under Brother Hagin's teaching and, and everything at school, but to be able to travel with him and to minister uh, on the organ or whatever they want me to do. I mean, that is an honor. But the Holy Ghost is telling me, no, it's not for you. You're not to go. You're not to go. I didn't understand that. I thought well, that's so, that seems so dumb to, to turn down such an honor. Well, thankfully they were people of prayer.
And they said, let's go pray about it. That's what I was doing. And they were praying and I was praying. And um, I came back so not to the next meeting, not wanting to have to say the thing that the Holy Spirit said to me. And um, I got back, I was so relieved when I got back into the meeting and they said, you know, after we've prayed about it, they said, Ted, we feel like that if you took this position, that you would not be doing what the Lord wants you to do. I thought, oh man, thank goodness they felt that too, by the Spirit. See, they got it in the Spirit too. It's just not, I didn't want to say it. You know, said, now I'm not going to go. I don't want to take the position. I didn't want to say that. But they felt it by the Holy Ghost and said, you know, we feel if you took this position, you would not be doing what the Lord wants you to be. It'd be lesser than what God wants you to do and has for you to do next. Well, they're exactly right. They're exactly right. I went to help my father right after that. And I went to uh, launch out. But watch this. As I'm uh, getting ready to leave school, um, graduating, going into the ministry. Of course, I was still 19 years old. 19 years old. And, um, you know, you're, you're, that's very young. 19 years old and going into the full-time ministry. But I knew that the Lord had asked me to help my father. Well, then you, then you get another opportunity. See, just because doors open for you don't mean they're for you. Just because there's an open door doesn't mean you're supposed to walk through it. That's why you got to be led by the Spirit. And sitting there, leaving Bible school, an opportunity opened up in the central, north central part of the United States. And you think about this being 2002, we're looking at 21 years ago, and there was a large church that needed uh, a music director. And I mean, we're ready to pay, uh, I believe it was right around $60,000 a year, housing, all that stuff. And even when I prayed about that, it's not for me. It's not for me. I, I'm not supposed to take it. Now that, that looks like a dumb decision. What 19 year old is, is leaving Bible school and going and just taking a position of, you know, $60,000 in housing and benefits and all that stuff. And so uh, in the natural people look and say, well, that's dumb. You know, you should, that door opened for you. That's a blessing from the Lord. Well, not if the Lord didn't tell you to do it. It's not a blessing from the Lord if the Lord didn't tell you to do it. Then it can, you can do something that just looks good, but it's not the Lord. And then you end up paying for it afterwards. You end up paying for it afterwards. And so I moved back, which is what the Holy Ghost led me to do. And my father worked with him and traveled with him. I got to travel a little bit on my own. You know, at 19, you know, the floodgates aren't opening up for churches around the world to ask you to come preach revivals, but there were some, and there were, I know in, in the beginning, it's always the Lord checking to see, will you be faithful? Will you be faithful to stick with it and to do what I'm asking you to do? And so I was able to travel with my father. I was able to travel uh, a little bit on my own as well, had some, had some meetings that were lined up and then <clears throat> I went back to Rhema Bible Church in February of 2003, the very next year. And I'd been traveling for a little bit and uh, helping my father and doing what I, uh, the Lord led me to do. And I'm fasting and praying. Fasting and prayer is so important. You gotta be led by the Spirit, but many times people can't. They don't hear his voice because their flesh is so strong that they're not listening and they don't hear in the Spirit. You gotta put, subdue the flesh. You gotta pray. Listen to the voice of God. Listen and put the flesh aside. And so here I am 
uh, and I'm uh, fasting and praying again. It's February, back to Winter Bible Seminar. And I'm in my hotel room and I hear the Lord speak to me another instruction that didn't make any sense. I knew from the time I was five years old that I was called to be uh, an evangelist. Knew it. Knew it. And so I'm in, I'm in the Winter Bible Seminar, and I'd already been traveling for about a year, coming up on a year, and, um, and everything. And I get this instruction from the Holy Ghost that I'm supposed to move to Virginia Beach, Virginia, to help my uncle launch a church in Virginia Beach and become an, an associate there. Well, that made no sense to me. That, it didn't line up with us. Like, well, that's not evangelism. I'm not evangelizing. I'm not traveling, holding evangelistic crusades. But I knew in fasting and prayer that the Lord was leading me to that place for a purpose. And I knew that there was uh, obviously blessing there for me. And I knew that it was the next step. Didn't make sense. Didn't, didn't make any sense. But I had to obey because if the Holy Spirit leads you, you got to obey the call. And so that year of 2003 in July, I packed up my stuff and moved to Virginia Beach to help with the launch of that church. Now, it didn't make sense. I never heard the Lord call me to be an associate or a pastor or anything like that. But I went on to do what the Lord asked me to do. I was on staff for the next eight years, basically seven and a half years. Um, and during that time, of course, God brought, uh, you know, my family, Carolyn, blessed me with the house, all the different things that happened in that time. Uh, but also receiving, receiving wisdom, knowledge, impartation of different things on the other side. Well, here's what didn't make sense to me. Why is it that the Lord's asking me to be here and see all this stuff and launching a church and, you know, doing all the behind the scenes work and the volunteers and the setup and the admin and all the things didn't make any sense to me. I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm an evangelist. What am I doing? Uh, you know, doing all this stuff in a church. Well, I had no idea what the Lord had planned for the future, but see, now you can see why there are secrets that God has. There are secrets about your future that God has. It's like dumping that puzzle that Teddy did yesterday on the floor and you look at the ground and it just looks like a jumble because you can't see it put together yet, but the Lord already has it put together. So this is what people fail to realize many times. The Lord already has it put together. And so he knows where the pieces fit. Now I'm looking at the pieces in different places. I'm looking at it over here. Uh, you know, Rayma Bible School, this traveling for a little bit, being on staff as a, uh, an associate pastor doing this. And I'm looking at the puzzle pieces separately, but see the Lord is setting it all up to go together, to go together. In 2010, I knew that I was supposed to then resume uh, traveling as an evangelist uh, on the road. And so starting in January of 2010, my wife and I launched and started uh, back in evangelism, traveling and preaching uh, again. And so we traveled, preached, God was blessing us, things were increasing, and we were living there in Virginia Beach, attending the church there. And then something happened. In 2016, <clears throat> I got a word from the Holy Ghost, again, out of the blue. These things look like, well, that's dumb, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. See, that's what you think in your natural mind. That doesn't make any sense. And so uh, I'm driving from Pittsburgh. I had just had dinner with my cousin, Jonathan, driving to Rochester, New York that night to start a meeting. Uh, and, and the Lord, <clears throat> I said, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost 
from the time I leave here all the way till I get to Rochester. And so I'm praying. I mean, it didn't take 10 minutes of praying, leaving Pittsburgh, and the Lord began to speak to my spirit. You are to move your family <clears throat> to Florida, South Florida. Told me where to move, told me where to attend church. <clears throat> and the Lord just very plainly said, move your family to South Florida. And uh, <clears throat> I got that word in 2016 to get out of there and go. And it didn't make sense. Again, it looks like it doesn't make sense. Say why? Because as an evangelist, you can base anywhere. You can travel the country or the world from anywhere. You don't have to be in a specific place to do it. I'd already had a house there. I have family there. Uh, we're established there. <clears throat> but the Lord said, no, I want you to go. So just in obedience, literally, there was no reason to do it. Even others that heard I was moving, they said, what do you have like an opportunity down there? Are you going to do something specific down there? I said, no, I'm just moving because the Lord told me to move. That's the only reason. That is literally the only reason. That's it. And so I got packed up and we, we, we left town and rented the house out and we went uh, down to Florida and uh, just based ourselves here. You know, it's funny because even in your natural mind, you start to think, think things like this. You start to think through the finances, right? And you say, well, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've always driven to my meetings and being centrally located in Virginia, I can go north, I can go south. You know, we drive everywhere with our family in the, in the truck and, you know, we go to our meetings. But now being in the tip of Florida, uh, you know, I'm like, Lord, why would you move me as an evangelist to the tip of Florida? And now I got to take a whole day's drive just to get out of the state, just to get out of the state. It's a whole day's drive. And I'm thinking to myself, this is very inconvenient. But then the Lord, of course, you know, he was going to increase our ministry to the place where <clears throat> I'm not driving everywhere. And we started flying to every meeting, but then the Lord started providing in a way that, because we made up our mind early on, I'm not traveling without my family. My family will go with me. And so the Lord provided so that we could go and that my wife and my children could go and we'd fly to these meetings. But then God added staff to our ministry. And now we've got staff uh, and God provided further so that not only us, but our, our staff and everybody's flying with us everywhere we go. And you know, all, all this stuff, running house. So watch as God's increasing it, but the increase, the increased blessing came with the obedience, right? The, the instruction looked like it came out of the blue, but then see God blessed us because of our obedience and increased our ministry because of our obedience to step out and do something that looked like it was insane. It didn't look, it didn't look like it made sense. It, it made no sense in the natural realm, but the Lord was doing something. Well, this is interesting to me. You know, then we get the, we get the instruction, but, but watch this now. And this, this is mind blowing to me. The Lord had us sit under here on this church and travel out of here. 2016 is where we begin, right? Watch how the Lord works. 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Seven years that we sat in this area under this church, traveling from here in this new location, that completion. And then the, on that seventh year, the Lord spoke to Carolyn and I to launch this church in West Palm Beach, to launch the church in West Palm Beach. Well, the Lord gave us seven years to literally 
establish ourselves here in Florida, establish the staff, establish the ministry in Florida before he gave us this next instruction to launch this church in Florida. Now, the Lord knew all this was going to happen. I knew none of it. But look at this, seven, that's the number of completion. And then in the eighth year, 2023, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, one, two, three. In the eighth year, the number of new beginnings, we have a new beginning. In the number of new beginnings, the eighth year, we have a new beginning in the ministry. That's just mind blowing to me that God prepped us for seven years, brought it to completion, blessed us, increased us, and then now launches us in the eighth year. See, I didn't know any of this was happening, but then you start to see, you look back, you say, hold on, the Holy Spirit, every time there's been an instruction, the Holy Spirit is doing something to prep you for what he has in your future. Hallelujah. And so, yes, it didn't make sense to me in 2002, 21 years ago. It didn't make sense to me in 2002 when the Lord says, I want you to go and help launch a church from scratch. Now think about that. My uncle wasn't taking over a church. He wasn't going down and just becoming the pastor of of another church that previously had pastors. No, what was he doing? Launching a church that the Lord had put in his spirit from nothing, from scratch, launching, planting a church. And the Lord said, I want you to go and I want you to be a part of it from the beginning, see everything that's happening. And I was there from the very beginning. I was there when they launched services in the Founders Inn, Virginia Beach. I was there when they were in the law library in Virginia Beach. I was there uh, when we moved into the building for the first time uh, from the beginning and see all these things from behind the scenes and watch it and learn and see. And that was the Lord. You say, well, why does that matter if I'm going to be an evangelist? I'm called to be an evangelist. Then you see what the Lord does and he gives you an instruction. And then you look back and say, oh, so now I, I have eight or nine years, you see, I have eight or nine years of experience with the beginnings of these things that I never would have had if I had not listened to the voice of the Holy Ghost. And then look what the Lord's asked us to do. We're not taking over a church. We're not becoming a pastor of an existing church. The exact same thing to launch something that has not been there before. It's the Holy Ghost. And so you say, well, it looks like that doesn't look like it makes sense. It didn't look like it made sense until the Lord put the puzzle pieces together. And when the Lord puts the puzzle pieces together, then not only does it make sense, but the blessing flows because you obeyed the leading of the Holy Ghost. I'm bringing this back to you because see, a lot of times people forget this. They want everything to make sense to their mind. People want everything to make sense to their mind. It doesn't always make sense to your mind. Don't, you can't operate by the power of the Holy Ghost and demand to God that everything is going to make sense to your mind. It doesn't work that way. If it did, faith would not be necessary. Faith would not be necessary. Hallelujah. Mike said, this is stirring me up. I'm about to jump out of my machine right now. Hallelujah. Amen, Mike. It doesn't make sense to your mind. See, when we put it together, it doesn't take faith. If we could figure it out, if we could do it, if we have a vision, now think about this. I feel the anointing too, Mike. If we had a vision that was so small that we could do it on our own, it wouldn't take any faith. Think about that. Now, let me say it again because I want you to get in your spirit. If what you are doing or what God called you to do was so small that you could accomplish it in your own strength and power, 
then it wouldn't take faith to accomplish it because you could do it without God's help. And that's not faith. We need God's help. Glory to God. We need God's help. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I look around all the things that the Lord's asked us to do. It's not because I have, it's not because I'm great or something about me. No, it's just the leading of the Holy Spirit. Carolyn and I have made up our minds to just be led by the Spirit, do what the Holy Ghost wants us to do, and let Him provide. Let Him provide. I'll tell you. And it's not because we're not planners. Because I'll tell you, we're a very detailed team. We have systems. We have communication. We have analytics. We know we're looking at things. But it's not because of that. But even, <clears throat> even with this church uh, launch and looking at different things and, uh, you know, uh, properties and all that, you know, I was getting ready to, you know, add it all up and, uh, you know, divide it and look at service time. What do we need every day? What do we need every month? And the Lord specifically rebuked me as I was getting ready to do all that. He said, stop that. He said, you've never operated like that in the past in your ministry. And haven't I provided more than enough? He said, you, you've never done that before. He said, so what now you're going to step up to this next level that I'm calling you to and you're going to start uh, nickel and diming everything? He said, don't do that. It's a lack of faith. So the Lord rebuked me. And this was just recently. He rebuked me. And I receive it. And I told him, yes, I will not do that. And I didn't do it. I did not do it. And I still have not done it. Where he said, don't do that. Don't look and say, oh, no, we're, now we've got to have this much. I've never looked back and said, oh, I've got to have this much every week. I don't do that. I do what I'm called to do and let the Lord do what he needs to do. And our... We, we don't miss, we've not missed television payments. We've not missed staff payroll. We've not missed anything. We don't miss paying our, our payments on our buildings. We don't miss, we're not missing things. And I'm not sitting around because the Lord rebuked me about it. And he said, you've not done it up till now. Why are you doing it now? Is it because now you're going to do it? Because what he's saying to me is, what are you going to try to figure it out and then do it in your own power? You're going to try to figure it out and then do it in your own strength. It doesn't work like that. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's by God's power. He's the provider. We're just the servants. We just obey. We just obey and then let God do what he does. And so I'm saying that to you because I know there's people watching the Lord and I'm seeing the comments. I know there's people that are stepping into new things. There's some people um, that, you know, there's people that are moving to this area. There's people that have already moved to this area, be part of the church. People have told you, oh, that doesn't look smart. I mean, you know how much uh, housing is in Florida right now. They've gone through a housing boom and the expenses are high. And I mean, there's always things to look at in the natural. It'll never be a convenient time to obey the Lord. There will never be a convenient time to obey the Lord, but you got to do what the Lord is asking you to do. Hallelujah. Because it's through our obedience that the blessing comes. It's through our obedience that the blessing comes. And so I'm wanting this to encourage you today because, and that's why I put dumb in quotations, because others on the outside may look at your decision and say, that looks like it's not smart. Yeah, but if the Lord told you to do it, then it's the greatest wisdom that there is. So don't go, you can't go by the opinions of others. You can't go by what others tell you. You have to go. If you're a spirit-filled believer, then you have to be a spirit-led believer. You have to obey and say, yes, Lord, if I, I'm, I hear what you're saying. 
I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. And I can't say, well, you know, I need it. I need it to make sense to my natural mind. No, I need it to resonate in my spirit so that I can respond to God's voice and let him do what he does. That's right. Jess Burton says he never calls you somewhere to struggle. That's exactly it. God doesn't call you to struggle. In fact, Isaiah 48, 17, the Bible says, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, and leads you in the way you should go. Hallelujah. There's many ways you could go. There's only one way you should go. It's the way the Lord leads you. And when he leads you, where God leads, he feeds. Where God guides, he provides. Put it in the comments. Where God leads, he feeds. Where God guides, he provides. Always. Always. Where God leads, he feeds. Where he guides, he provides. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want that to encourage you today because I know there's people, you're stepping out by faith, you're doing things the Lord's asking you to do. Listen, don't, don't feel like you're less, don't feel like you're less than wise because you're doing what the Lord said. You'd be less than wise if you rejected what the Lord said. Why? Because again, I go back to Isaiah 55. His ways are higher than our ways right? His thoughts higher than our thoughts. The heavens are higher than the earth. He's higher than us. I I am rejecting the natural and I'm accepting the supernatural in Jesus name, rejecting the natural and accepting the supernatural. I don't make decisions based on fear. I don't uh, make decisions based upon what the world looks like. You make decisions based upon the word of God and the leading of the Holy ghost. Amen. Father, I'm praying for every person watching me, listening to me today. They're stepping out by faith. They're doing things they've never done. And I pray you continue to strengthen us by your power. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lead us and guide us perfectly into this next season that you have. Thank you that doors are opening supernaturally. I pray that you continue to provide for your people. Let this be the greatest year they've ever seen. This year of 2023, transformation. Everything will look different by the time we get to the end of this year in Jesus' mighty name. Everything will be different. We'll look back and laugh at how much you've done for us. (laughs) How much you've done for us in just a short period of time. And all we'll be able to say is it's the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. It's the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. It's the Lord's doing, hallelujah, and marvelous in our eyes. And we give you thanks. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' wonderful name. There's nobody like you. And Lord, we give you honor. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Where God leads, he feeds. And where he guides, he provides. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.